Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I give thanks for the high vibration and nutritional value from the flesh you incarnated in this lifetime. I'm Rebecca Detman. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Jane Donovan. That might sound like a bit of a heavy start to the show, Incarnated Flesh. What are we talking about? Animal sacrifice? (laughs) Yes, we are. We actually are. We are going to talk about diet today in a way that maybe, that Jane and I have never talked about it really in any depth on this show, which of course is what do you do as a highly conscious, spiritually aware person living in the world in the 21st century where we have widespread industrial animal farming and how do we um, synchronize the uncomfortable aspects of that with what it takes to live a daily life where you go out to restaurants you order food off a menu you might stop for fast food occasionally your kids want to eat junk you know all of these sorts of things how do we it's what I'm looking for it's like how do we almost get comfortable get, with get it. comfortable with it, explain it to ourselves how do we integrate it with the higher spiritual souls that we are. Now, we've had a fantastic email um, on this theme which prompted it. She says, Hi, Jane and Rebecca. I'm wondering about your thoughts on the vegan movement. It is said that if we had to kill our own meat, most people wouldn't be eating animals, and I find this to be true for myself. Therefore, I'm mostly vegetarian and only have meat when I have a strong craving that I can't ignore. But I still have milk and eggs, which I haven't been able to give up just yet. Think coffee and omelettes, right? (laughs) We're all human here. But, you know, she goes on to say a few other points, like she's aware of the environmental impacts of industrial animal farming. Um, She has an aversion to killing all forms of life except for cockroaches. So, see, there's always these exceptions that we have, right? (laughs) She says, it seems that animals feeding on each other are part of the natural world and helps to keep it in balance. And aren't plants also physical manifestations of light and energy? So what can we eat? great question it's a really good question isn't it wow where to go from here so many different directions to go in one of the things that really helped me I am a flesh eater and one of the things that helped me the most was actually in the movie avatar thank you Hollywood and there was a moment where she was spearing I think it's quite a few years since I saw the movie uh, a creature that she was killing to eat And she gave a chant at the moment of death of gratitude and thanks for the soul of the creature that she'd just killed. And I thought, this is it. It's conscious killing. It is understanding, first off, that we can't kill a soul. All that we are killing is an incarnation. Now, not all that sounds like I've dismissed it as very easy, but I think it's an important point to get across is that When we do kill anything, be it a spider or an animal for eating, we're ending the journey of that soul for this lifetime. So it's not kind of as as bad as we think it is. Does that sound wrong? That could be so argued, can't it? All of the Peter movement people are going to be jumping up and down, and rightfully so. We need to have voices in this society for animals because they are the invisible you know, they don't absolutely. have the voice. Absolutely. Okay, now so I... That, well, this is the first of many points that I want to make. Absolutely. Yes, yes. And, and guess what? I eat flesh too. I I, I have um, an AB blood type, a negative AB, which is quite rare, and it means that I have two... You know when they talk about the blood type diet and they say, so people who... 
I don't know, traveled the grasslands when, you know, predominantly whatever it was. I, I haven't read the book for a very long time. I'm sorry, but they, you know, they'll say, O types will eat grass and seeds and vegetarian and the other types will eat a lot of flesh. So I've actually got one half of me, which is totally vegetarian and one half of me, which likes meat. It's kind of weird. And that, those two different Rebecca's come in and out. So. I don't know if I'll ever be full-blown vegetarian in this lifetime. I'm open to anything happening. Anything is possible. Um, but certainly in the last few years as I've become intensely spiritual and done a lot of work with pet telepathy, channeling animals, dealing with animal souls and spirits. You know, I had a girl on the other day absolutely desperate for a psychic reading, absolutely having a mental breakdown because her rabbit had died. Right. Her rabbit of five years. Now, people, I know it sounds kind of funny, and even I was like, her rabbit died and she needs a psychic read. But you know what? There was a soul fragment in that animal that had helped her get through depression. Right. There was a, a, you know, there was a, a male spirit guide that had incarnated into that animal because she lived at home alone for half a decade with chronic fatigue and depression. That he was all she had. She couldn't let real people in. The animal had that beautiful. So, you know, animals, we know that they're profound, amazing, amazing creatures, and yet we eat them. Why do we eat them? <laughs> a multitude of reasons. Is there a better way we can eat them, or should we stop eating them? Oh, look, in a perfect world, I'd like to be vegetarian. This is just me. This is not what I'm saying for everybody a else. A plant murderer. For me, well, well, we interviewed on um, Soul Sisters radio show the uh, scientist from Israel who is doing all the work with plant vibration and that plants have memory. And uh, there's all sorts of really interesting music, stuff coming out. That's right. They respond to emotion. They respond to we've all known forever, but it's nice that science is catching up. Do you remember that hilarious scene in the film with Hugh Grant where she says she's a fruitarian and she only eats fruit that's like dropped on the tree yes <laughs> and then I, read, I saw a cartoon the other day where this guy's like i'm a seventh level vegan i only eat uh, what does he say things that um i don't eat anything that casts a shadow <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> sorry but we we muck around however. we are mucking around um but look yes yeah, so i look in theory i would love to be a vegetarian because it distresses me so much um the farming practices of bulk manufacturing. It distresses me incredibly. So what we chose in our family to do was buy organic where we can, but also we're very blessed that my husband works half an hour away from the city, but he's in the country. And so we've got some farms that we know that the animals are much loved and respected and treated reasonably well, even though they are killed in the end. And that's where we source our meat from where possible. What I have also chosen to do though is look at the vibration of what we're eating. So something that's been mass killed in fear, so some animals that have been carted on, you know, crammed into dreadful trucks that are then sent to avatars where they are, they know what's happening. They're in the fear vibration. It's no different to people moving into a, a genocide. In the, it, it, they know what's happening. They They're are in a fear vibration. The modern-day concentration camps. Yes, Whenever I they see are. a cattle train go past or a pig train or a, or a chicken train, like the road trains that I see when I'm driving. You send love. I, I, yeah, I do. I yeah. send blessings to all of the animals who are trapped inside because it's just like the cattle trains going off to Auschwitz. Yeah, that's head. right. Exactly. That's exactly how I see the simile. And so the flesh that you are eating from something that has been killed that way is of the lowest, most dense, heaviest vibration possible. Yeah, the fear now, is entrapped I don't want in to put One of the th things I really want to talk about in this podcast is that I get really pissed off when I listen to advice 
about things that I can't control. And for many people, they can't control this. They, for whatever reasons, are possibly forced to be purchasing mass-produced supermarket meat, supermarket flesh. Yes, exactly. So there is something that you can do, and that is to bless your food. Now, we've talked before on this podcast about the rice experiment. If you haven't listened to that podcast, just Google the rice experiment on YouTube and you'll see what happens. But very briefly, it's three containers of rice, um, all equal, all the same. Each morning, each night, you go to the first one, you send love and gratitude to the first one. You ignore the second one, you go to the third one and you send anger, fear, resentment, horrible thoughts, negative thoughts to it. Over a period of days or weeks, you'll see that the one that has love will remain beautiful, really, really beautiful in quality. The one that has fear is definitely filled with the most um, mold. mold. Um, and decomposing, and the one that's been ignored has mould as well but not as bad as the fear one. So what we can take from that is that we can bless our food and change the molecular structure. So one of the things that I always do when I'm cooking is I bless it and I know that I'm raising the vibration on it. Um, it is the power of prayer. And so if you are forced where you have to purchase food that you know is now a low-vibrating food, you can raise the vibration through your intent of projecting your love, appreciation and respect and honour mm. to the creature, to I the flesh. I personally will put my hands, when I, I've got to the chopping board stage in the kitchen, I'll either put my hands on the meat or just above the meat and just for a moment I'll blast it with love to remove any fear vibration entrapped in the cellular memory or the vibration of that meat. I will also speak to the animal or animals because let's face it, you might have lots of different bits of animals shoved into that beef stir fry mix or whatever. There could be seven different, you know, yes. animals in in, the, in that one that one chopping board. And I imagine that I'm putting wreaths of flowers around all of their necks, like in the olden days when they would be taken for sacrifice. The people would always decorate the animals, you know, for ritualistic sacrifice. They dress them, they paint the you see this in India where not where they're going to kill them, but they'll take elephants and they'll paint them and paint gold on their tusks and, you know, they'll actually, you know, decorate them. And then I imagine myself at a lower level looking up. So it's like I put them on a pedestal and I imagine myself kneeling and I look up to them and I say, thank you for the sacrifice you have made. You are higher than me in, in what you are able to have give, given. I couldn't do the same. Wow, you know, that's that, and, beautiful. And all of that, that can all be done in five seconds. Yes, like, that's you right. Know, it's very, very quick. But as long as the full heartfelt intent is there, you have honoured the exchange of life that has just taken place there. Now, my, I'm not necessarily saying it's still right to kill them, but I'm saying I consciously own the act that I have purchased maybe industrially farmed meat and I have address the situation as best I know how this is this is a terrible analogy because it's not it's different and it's not talking about death but for example if I'm walking down the street and a homeless person grabs at me or somebody asks me for money and I don't stop and give it to them I walk past but I backwards behind me I send the biggest blast of love and I say you are a king I know I understand that you look down and out on the footpath but you are a god in disguise and I and I recognize that relationship and I send it backwards so I think Beautiful. it's really important to, to 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 have that conscious awareness as it much is. as you can. It is exactly that. It's conscious awareness of what it is that we're doing, do it choosing with wisdom and using tools to make this acceptable to the individual. So let's talk to people, Jane, about so do animals choose it? Because 
the people who are absolutely furious, like the, the, the Peter advocates in the States who will egg the fur coats of Anna Wintour and the Vogue team when they leave the catwalk and they will, you know, go into McDonald's and hold it up with a gun and they get really extreme. Not that the Peter people do armed robberies, but, you know, animal activists yeah. will do extreme things in, in defense of what animals have to suffer through. What is your personal belief system, Jane, about the animal's role in what's playing out on Earth right now? Well, first off, with the activists, thank you. Thank God for them in our lives because without them, we wouldn't know the backstories of what's going on. We don't go and visit everything that we purchase in life that's been manufactured, whether it's flesh or a glass or a couch. It doesn't matter. We're not visiting what's going on. So we need these activists to be putting the spotlight on so that we know what's going on and then we can make informed choices. So I'm really grateful for these activists to be putting the spotlight on in on inhumane farming that just blatantly shouldn't be happening. If you haven't seen Food Inc. at this stage, please go out and borrow it. Food Inc. Well, Food Matters? Food Inc. I think it is. Google it. There's some Got amazing, amazing yeah. movies out there showing. If you, if, if you've managed to get this far in life and never seen the behind the scenes of the animal farming industry, the, the farming practices, you really need to educate yourself at this point as to what we're actually talking about. Yeah. And look, I truly believe that every soul in every creature, it's all decided on the other side. Does that make us accept it? No, they've actually sacrificed a lifetime to come here to demonstrate what's wrong with the world and what could be done better. So it is a sacrifice that's being made for the, the cow that's being put on a truck with a hundred other cows and squashed in. That cow knew on the other side that this was the life it was going to have and has chosen this just like anybody else that is making a sacrifice in life. They've chosen this lifetime for either education of self-soul growth or education of others, probably both. So do we put animal souls and human souls on the same part or are they different things? This is a, this is a huge question. I've asked you this before many years ago because I don't know the answer to that. My At this point, I believe that... Our soul on the other side is something we can't actually get our head around. And so we think that it's our soul is what we are now. But I think that what we are now as a human incarnating in this lifetime is only a part of what we are on the other side. So I think that there's many parts of us. I think that we're a soul fragment from who we are in completion, in wholeness you're, on the other you're side. You're one branch of a huge tree. Yeah, yeah. And I think that therefore part of my Original soul, what a better word. God, this is a complex topic. Your oversoul. My oversoul, that's a good word. Could be in my little puppy dog that's sitting next to me. Could be in the chicken that I ate last night. Um, yeah, does yeah. it answer? And that's my thing. Well, what do you think? Yeah. Look, I've done, obviously, loads of reincarnation work in the past 10 years, and I personally have never seen, I've never been shown a memory of a person in an animal body. That said, I frequently help to help people talk to their animals and I actually see that there are soul fragments in their animals, like their birds, their dogs, their cats, even their fish, things like that, that have come from um, people who have lived on earth or are spirit guides now vibrationally 
and they've put a part of themselves down into that animal. So it's okay, very so kind complex. of fits in with what I'm feeling. Yeah. And some people have that belief system where they say, I believe, you know, and, and this personally, I believe is a flawed system because it is dealing with a judgmental human imposed hierarchy where they say, first you're an ant, then you're a limpet, then you're a gecko, then you're a bird, then you're, it's like you, you, it's like you reincarnate up this chain to humanhood. Now, I personally don't believe that anything's above or below anything else. So I don't think that you can actually have something quite that. That doesn't make sense. There was a gorgeous post on Facebook. There we go. Mentioned it again. Uh, that was, I hope I can get the quote right. If all of the insects in the world die, as humans, we will die within, and I can't remember the period of time, but it was a very short period yeah, of time yeah. that humans would be wiped out. But if all of the humans die, every species in the world continues to thrive and survive. <laughs> How bizarre is that? It's shocking. So that to me just says that just takes out, mm. you know, the, the, the cycle of life. You can't see mm. any one without the other. You know, if we have no bees, we have no food. Yeah. Absolutely. And I do believe in the same way that we put up our hands to come down to earth very consciously, willingly chosen, we design a soul contract, we pick out soul family to reincarnate with and have our lessons with, well, who's to say animals aren't doing exactly the same thing? Well, I think they are. And if we live in a time of the, of the world, it's the 21st century, 2014, we do have large-scale industrial animal farming, which means millions of animals every, what, day, week are giving up their lives for our high-rise cities, for our restaurants, for our, you know, fast food, for our supermarkets, then that means there's a lot of, if you want to call it animal souls, unquote, putting up their paws or fins right now to come down to earth to play that role to enable humans to have the necessary karmic experiences that we need to have. So they are giving enormous sacrificial gifts and it takes higher souls to give these sorts of gifts to say, I will come down to earth just to be killed so that others may live, so that they may have their learning and their lessons, so that maybe Beautiful. they may evolve to be as high as I am. <laughs> Beautiful. So I think what this is about, we're, we're sharing stories that make us feel comfortable to do what we're doing, to be living in 2014 in this world. And that is part of it is that in a perfect world, perhaps I would love to be vegan, living off the grid, etc etc but that's not the world I'm in and I'm not drawn to it or I'd be doing it I'm drawn to living in this world with where you can access ordinary mainstream everyday people who need the messages that you have to give and they're only going to listen to you if you fit in with them you know often exactly these aren't listened well, to the extremists aren't listened to my, they're written off as crackpots exactly my gorgeous girlfriend Amber and I had a business at one stage called not just for hippies and it was hippies with Libby um, because it is about wanting to fit in with the people. But at the same time, I feel that my soul journey this time is for me to really understand sensitivity. Um, if anybody follows that Dan, what's his name that does the numbers? Dan, the life you're born to lead. And it's, you do your birth date. So mine's 19041963. You add up all your numbers and I end up with 33.6. Now three is sensitivity. So I've got double sensitivity. That's actually all I have in this lifetime to experience. And that is exactly at 51 years of age, what I have experienced the whole way through. So me going and living off the grid, being vegan and living a very tranquil and beautiful and spiritual life isn't actually going to teach me jack shit about sensitivity. So that's why I'm living in Glenelg, in a house, in amongst all the supermarkets and everything else to experience what I have to experience for my soul growth. That's right. So we have to get comfortable with it. We can't all be 
perfect in every single area because then we're going to deny our own growth of what we're meant to be achieving in this lifetime. Now, I'm going to say something that might be a bit controversial now. As if we haven't already. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this must be big. (laughs) See, I don't consider any of that controversial. But, um, okay, so the flip side of this is when you've got people who are living the holier than thou, they're taking the path of I do not touch leather, I do not touch bee pollen, I do not touch any animal product whatsoever in my beauty products, in my cleaning products, in my footwear, in anything that I do. Okay, fine. That's that's fine. When you start to use quote-unquote extremist diets in a way that might actually be masking or shielding something deeper that's going on, then I have an issue. Oh, okay. We're getting into the emotional stuff now. We are. Because... And now let's take an example of a girlfriend that I had um, who lived in another country. She was from Australia, though. She moved overseas. When she was overseas, she was in California, and she really, really, really got into like raw foodism and juicing and veganism and all of it. You should have seen her shopping list. Like it had stuff on there I didn't even know what it was. Like it had products that were so obscure and so expensive because all she was eating was kind of bizarre extras, <laughs> like that, you know, foods that, just aren't considered at all common or mainstream because right. she basically said no to all common mainstream types of food. Now, actually, I've heard of another guy as well. Now, this guy is truly off the grid. This guy, if you invite him to your house, he'll basically go out to the backyard and, and, and forage around for something to eat. He will not take anything out of your fridge, out of your supermarket shop, nothing. He only wants to, to find food to eat, like found food, basically. Walks around barefoot. Can't, con- can't contact him. He shows up sometimes. He disappears sometimes. These, these people are amazing, right? Now, he's different, but this, but this girl, I, over a series of years, began to realize that actually what she had was an eating disorder. And what was she doing? She was oh. hiding behind raw foodism, juicing, veganism. So what they do is, and this is a new common thing, and I want you to all listen really closely because it's called orthorexia nervosa, and it's been um, coined by scientists in recent years to, you know, approach this weird sort of trend that's come up around eating righteously, where you will go to excessive, obsessive lengths to avoid any food that, according to your rules, does not fit in with a certain philosophy. Okay, so this is so. For example, my fifteen-year-old daughter has she's looking like she's got quite a good sports career potentially in the making and she's really embracing the opportunities that she's been given. She's chosen to really live a clean diet. So she's spending a lot of time learning, which is I'm very happy for her about, you know, good nutrition and balanced diet, what she's listening to her body, etc. Uh, a couple of months ago we were out at a friend's place and we made sure that the food was all going to be okay for her. And it came to dessert and she was birthday cake and she went, no, no, no. And I said, Tara honey, this is about symbolism this is about love and connection and ceremony for this occasion you can just have the tiniest little piece but feel a part of this rather than rejecting something that has been presented to you with such love and I said your beautiful body will have no problems at all digesting that and processing that if you love it for what it is and understand that it's what you do most of the time not all of the time. So what you're talking about is the person that would be completely incapable of ever having that tiny slither of birthday cake to honour the occasion. Is that what you're saying? I am. Is that the line in the sand? People who begin to basically hide behind 
extremist diets because they're actually eliminated. It makes it easier for them in a public setting, like with a waiter or out with friends to just say, oh, I can't eat that because I'm such and such diet. And it's actually right. masking eating disorders, which as we know is emotional oh, stuff, it's control. It's so not forth. my fault. It's I'm, I'm this. It's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because you. God, I've got so many people going through my mind at the moment well, that I'm right. thinking. But you'll see, wow. that, like, anorexic girl. Like, if we just go with anorexia, you know, often what anorexic girls used to do, like, in the 90s when anorexia became this big thing, it was almost like a trendy illness, you know, and all the girls started to say, oh, I'm vegetarian, which meant, first of all, they didn't have to eat half the meals mum was putting on the table at night. So they got out of that. Right. Second of all, they'd go out with their girlfriends and they'd say, oh, I can't drink that milkshake. I kind of, that's got dairy in it. Then they go vegan. And really, they're just hiding behind the minimalism oh, of it. Oh, okay. You know? So we've got, right, so wow. That, so that's a different subsector that I just want people to be aware of. And all of this, of course, goes back to consciousness. Why are you consciously choosing to put something in or not into your body? What is the reasoning behind it? Now, there's been a lot of talk lately about intuitive eating, which I think is fascinating. There was a really big ah. article on dailylife.com.au. Um, and you can Google this if you want to have a read of it. The, the headline is, is eating whatever you want the best thing for your body? And there's now a group of people saying, do you know what kind of is? Now, of course, I'm, don't mishear me. I'm not saying go out every day, have a chocolate bar and a pink milk for breakfast and then, you know, a sausage roll and a pie with sauce for lunch and a 2.5 litre coconut. I'm not saying that at all. But what we're saying is that we have had so much bombardment of calorie counting, medical information, rules, cholesterols, this and that's, that people are actually getting quite psychologically distressed and they're struggling with what to put in their mouths and it's almost paralyzing them. It is actually becoming a real struggle. It is. We actually don't know how to eat normally anymore and mm. nobody's quite sure what normal is and we're all freaking out about it. And on the one hand, it's like, you know, you've got to clean your plate and on the other hand, it's, you know, you've got to eat this many times a day and if you're doing the gym you should have this kind of food and if you're going for a run you should be feeding your body with this kind of carbs but you can't have those kind of carbs it's got to be these kind of carbs is this about like one rule doesn't fit all well, let's stop the one rule doesn't fit that fits all because it doesn't and there is no normal and we are as we've talked about in previous podcasts with hypermedia exposure we're buying in to all of these bean counting white coat people who are breaking things down into fats and acids and cells and molecules and who cares if I'm sitting in the sunshine and it's the middle of summer and somebody has made from their nonna's recipe a gelato, aren't I going to eat that as part of a sensual experience and not give a goddamn what it's doing to my bloody system? Because I'm a happy, spiritually aware person. I'll go and have a drink of water afterwards. I'll eat a proper dinner and I'm going to do yoga on Sunday and I just don't really care if I've gone and eaten a disgusting meal on an aeroplane or if I every now and then I am going to. So it's like it comes back to what I was saying, just have that little bit of birthday cake. It does. But, also, but what about also listening to your body? Like, for example, there are certain uh, once a month I am going to have some fleshy red dead cow and I have to have it or I'm going to kill somebody. Now that is listening to my body you saying learn, this is what I need. And the old Simon gets the phone call that says, can you go to that butcher near the farm and get get me some steak? Because I'm eating it. You've learned that for you. Lentils yes. aren't going to give you the same feeling. No, they're just not going to do it. I know that I like warm food. Now, what's I can never say it. What's the Indian? Ayurvedic. Thank you. I always have to get you to say that. One day I'll grow up and learn how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the four different types, body types. Now, I haven't gone much into that, but I know I will have chili nearly every day and that just lights my fire for me i am a fire sign it works for me 
So is this what this article is suggesting is that we are? There's a, there's a school of thought that says, listen, if you've got something from every single food group in a well-stocked fridge and pantry, if you go into the kitchen in a clear state of mind, ask your body what it feels like and your body will show you what, what the cravings are. The cravings are for the things that you're not getting enough of. You know, I really actually need some leafy greens today. I actually need some salt today, you know, whatever it is. And you intuitively give yourself what you need. And then you bless it. I give thanks for the high vibration and nutritional value from the flesh you incarnated in this lifetime. That is a really beautiful affirmation which you could use yourself in the kitchen, maybe write it on a piece of paper and stick it up on the wall above the chopping board. Thank you so much for joining us today. It was a bit of a meaty topic. Oh, oh please, bitch. Okay, sorry. That's <laughs> I just thought I'd throw Dad's joke in. <laughs> you can find us every Wednesday on thewellnesscouch.com for free, free half-hour show. Of course, we're always in the top ten on iTunes Australia under well, wellness or under sexuality. We tend to pop up quite high under those categories. Now, we do have a Facebook page. Yes, which is facebook.com forward slash love life show. You can sign up for Jane and my free newsletter there on the left-hand side of the Facebook page. If you just scroll down, pop your details in. We'd love to collect you all up. If you want individual coaching with me, it's rebeccadetman.com for a psychic reading. And with me, it's janedonovan.com.au. And until this time next week, eat consciously, eat healthily, eat happily, and love your animals. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.